0: Okay, back in the building for another episode of the Born Moguls Podcast. We have a very special guest tonight, my brother Brandon Polson. What's up? What's up? What's up, brother?
1: What's good, good, bro? Listen,
0: we have a man who is a father, a man of faith. He is an entrepreneur. He is a man of Kappa Alpha Psi. He's a good brother, a good man Excited to have you here, bro. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, man. Excited to be here.
0: Thank you for coming out. I know the the bridge was closed. You had to come through traffic, and you got stuck in traffic. You still (laughs) made your way out here, so we appreciate you pulling up, still, man. Looking forward to the conversation, and let's jump into it. Well, first off, Lamont, how you feeling?
2: I'm good, bro. I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah. How's the week been
0: for you guys? It's been all right. Great, man. Good, good week. The, the week is the week, man. The week is the yeah, week. The listen, week we, the are world, ground, right?
1: yeah, so we are above ground, right? So it's yeah. at least a good week.
0: Yeah. Uh, at least a decent week. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, man, listen, how you feeling, bro? You, you're here. You finally made it out. We have spoken about doing this episode some some time back and happy to have you here. How are you feeling right now, physically, mentally? How you doing?
1: Man, everything is good, bro. Um, You know, yeah. Uh, Mentally, I'm I'm there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah. I'm I'm taking my time with it. Yeah. Physically, went to the gym today for about an hour and some change. Uh-huh. Got it in. There you go. Um, you know what I'm saying? Other than that, bro, I'm I'm good. Like I'm feeling, feeling good, good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's all I can ask for.
0: How do you feel about your start to the year so far? I mean, we're two weeks in. How do you feel so far about that?
1: Uh, my start to the week has, I mean, my start to the year, it has been. Going as planned, bro. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but it just feel like 2024 feel a little different. Uh Like when we went into 2024, coming out of 2020, 2023, it just felt a little different. Like it felt like things were starting to change and like, Stuff was shifting. Oh, you felt this. You, you felt know, this shit. I felt this shit. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I don't know if anybody else felt that, but I definitely felt that. I did too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and I've talked to a couple other people that I've been, you know, that I'm close to, and they're they're saying the same thing. So it's like, it's probably just the people around me, myself, and the people around me just starting to go into a different atmosphere, mm-hmm. yeah. probably rare air of, you know, actually walking into some things that has been theirs for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well,
0: listen, bro. We're looking forward to speaking to you about a few different things. You know, fatherhood, marriage, your your business as an entrepreneur, uh, some of your background. Just digging into that and just learning about who Brandon actually is. And a lot of people that watch this, that some of our followers, they may know you. They may know you from social media. They may know you from campus. They may know you from the military. But do they actually? know you
1: probably not probably not, right? <laughs> probably not probably not
0: so you know I've known you for going on 10 years now yes, 10 11 sir. years yes, and you've been a brother that's helped me through a lot of different stuff uh, particularly when I was on campus and I was doing things you were there for me to give me some guidance and I always love you and I appreciate you for that and now I'm trying to give you your flowers and pay it forward by having you here and speaking to you about your story so let's take it back Yes, let's take it back to a young Bp <laughs> yeah, yeah so who were you as a child what kind of a child were you how would you describe yourself
1: um i was I was calm um of course I did my I did some things but what you um, mean? Something <laughs> I live, <laughs> I mean, I, bro. I grew up in church. Okay, okay you know okay, what I'm okay. saying. You, so you, it won't, but so much that I could could do. Yeah, I live a little bit of a sheltered lifestyle, but that didn't mean that I didn't sneak out the house when I wasn't supposed right. to. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. especially like those high school years when you know you you in a different space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, like I said, I lived a sheltered lifestyle all the way up until then. So my mom gave me a whole lot of freedom. By that time. So it was like, you know, young me, like elementary school me, I got bullied. So that was a whole different vibe. Then middle school, it was like, yeah, I'm starting to be in a different space because I'm playing playing baseball. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm enjoying that. I'm making friends, going to school with the same people that I play baseball with. Yeah. Um, and then high school, that was my first ever, like, I guess you can say glow up if you will, like, (laughs) like my real, real big glow up. Cause then like, I started like, of course, trying to talk to ladies, trying to be a ladies man and all that other stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, my mom got breast cancer, um, when I was in uh, my freshman year in high school and that kind of woke me up to a lot of things because I was taking a lot of things for granted. Yeah. Um, at a young age, and you know, from then on, um, I had to take care of myself. Um, so I started cutting grass in the neighborhood that I was in, trying to make a little bit of money because my mom wasn't working. Yeah. Um, and so from then it was just I had a I had not necessarily a hustler's mentality, but I had to be in grind mode at some point. Um, and just kind of like figure things out for myself. Um, so let me
2: ask you this, bro: single parent household or, or dual parent household? Single parent. So what was your father?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I never. Um, I remember one time in particular. Um, when I was 17 years old. I tried to call him. He answered the phone and everything, but he was like, "What are you calling me for?"
2: Was this one of your first interactions with him?
1: My very first interaction oh, wow. in 10 years. Last time I had seen him when I was in seven, when I was seven years old, mm. and he just gave he gave me a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, and that's it. Wow. <laughs> so. You know what I'm saying? For it's, it's not,
2: yeah. It's, it's not uncommon for our demographic. Absolutely, you know what I mean, but, absolutely, yeah. But keep going.
1: No, I, I mean that, that. That's basically it, bro. I mean, growing up without a father and just my mom, my sisters, um, my grandmother in the same house, bro. Like we, ra- being raised with women is, is just a whole different vibe. Yeah. So you know I,
2: I will say this: like a lot of people talk about the patriarchy, and mm-hmm. I think as Black folks, like we, I grew up in a matriarchy. You know what I mean? Like like it was Big Mama and then you got your mama and everybody went to Grandma's house. Like Mm -hmm. my mom, she pretty much ran everything. So when they talk about the patriarchy, it's like, I I don't know, bro. Like I I didn't experience that. Like my mom ruled everything, bro. And I know last week when Kevin was here, um, he talked about growing up in a structured environment versus a strict environment. Mm -hmm. So was your environment strict or was it structured?
1: I think the the, the, uh, happy medium between the two yeah. Of those is sheltered. Uh. It, it wasn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily strict. Um and it was very structured. Yeah. Um, but you know what I'm saying? If I had to choose between the two, I would say definitely strict. Yeah. My mom was strict on a lot of things. Yeah. She was raising a young black boy in this in this in, in that time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it was like um it was a little different for her because she had two girls, my two older sisters and you know what I'm saying it, it was she, it was probably different for her so you
2: got four women in the house yeah two sisters your grandma your mom yeah you're the only testosterone in the <laughs> house <laughs> yeah bro young testosterone, hey. young testosterone. Yeah. bro. it was so
1: many times I got my ass whooped by my sisters in my boy <laughs> I'll be it never fails but hey look they the women in my family bro they shape me to, to the man that I am yeah you know what yeah. I'm saying and it's it's yeah, I've had male influence along the way. Yeah. Um my uncle, he was he's been there since I was a kid. Um and then of course now my stepdad, he's um he's been a huge part of my life as, right now especially. But, you know, I've had those few male male role models, but you know, nobody that that's my that was my dad. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I that's why I just take being a dad a little, you know a little bit more serious a little right? bit more serious and yeah. a little bit more personal. So
0: well, so on the Born Moguls podcast, BP, we always try to teach men how to become more effective, exceptional, and extraordinary. And growing up without a father is extremely difficult for a young black man. what I want to ask you is when you were in grade school, middle school, high school, and your father was not around, did you actually, did you care? Did it affect you? Did it not hit you until later on in life when you became a father? At what point did you really have to sit with that and say, Wow, like having an absentee father actually has affected me as I matured into a man. When did you learn about that?
1: Uh, so it definitely affected me, bro. I'm not even going to lie. It affected me all the way up until that phone call. Yeah, um, yeah. Because after that phone call, I basically stayed in my room for like two days. I didn't come out the house. I didn't answer no phone calls. I didn't answer no text. Well, text messaging was new but Wait, hold on. you're not that old man <laughs> I mean so to, to, be texan texan honest, the- <laughs> to be quite honest to be quite honest Texas was still fairly new but hey look but you
2: didn't have to pay for text messages right <laughs>
1: no I didn't exactly I, said, I had to pay for minutes on my phone when I wrote fact, no, no I did have minutes. to when I had my version <laughs> mobile phone okay. I had to pay for my it was five cents a text yeah, yeah. Okay. you know what I'm okay. saying yeah. they don't know nothing yeah. about that that's crazy okay <laughs> <laughs> But yeah no like it was after that phone call and after I spent a couple days to myself and and, and just kind of like realizing like bro like you got to figure this out on your own. Mm, yeah. My mom was my mom was a huge part in my life. Like she taught me a lot of things that you wouldn't you wouldn't think that a woman can teach a young black boy especially. Yeah. Um so you know I I love my mom. She she she's gotten me through a lot of things. So yeah especially at a young age. And I know I want the easiest child to to deal with, but I want the most difficult neither. And my mom tells me that every day. You know, it's some things that I wish I would have did that my mom told me to do. Like for example, go study engineering as opposed to accounting. Because mm. engineers making mad money right now. So it's like <laughs> goodness gracious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, I chose my own path and yeah, you know, my mom is proud of me. She she comes to see me every weekend. She lives right over here in, in Gates County. Um, so she comes to see me every weekend. She comes to see the boys every weekend. And she's just she's always so supportive. So did I did I realize that I didn't have a father?
0: Yeah. You did,
1: But at the end of the day, my mom made up so much of that patriarchy that I didn't realize it or didn't know that it was necessarily a need until after that phone call. Okay, um, And then I took that time to myself and just was like, "Bro, I really don't need it.
2: So did it help that, you know, you had peers who also were in your same situation? Because I know for me growing up, I didn't realize that, you know, it was not uncommon for my father not to be in the household until I went to, like, an all-white school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, and then that's when it really hit me, like, oh, these people really got their dads. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, if, if you're in the trenches with people who are, like, in your position, you really don't really notice what you're missing out on. Yeah. So, um was that the case for you? Did you not really, like, you know, is everybody else ain't got their fathers either? So. Yeah.
1: Bro, I grew up in the hood. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like I, I grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate to put the label, but it, it's it's commonplace when you growing up in yeah. the in the hood like environment. Yeah. So it's like you know between my house where where we lived in the apartments, Brittany Sweetbriar, and that <laughs> was a
2: Brittany Sweetbriar. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> Yo
1: that's but, the first time i got in trouble at britney and sweet yeah, Brian, bro. Bro. Yeah, you been been there? i used to live out there yeah, bro. oh wow yeah okay. bro. uh
2: between britney and <laughs> everyone's sweet connected everyone is connected somehow <laughs> yeah, through some way okay <laughs> real quick real quick yeah man. so like my first time getting in trouble bro was i had to be maybe five or six my brother was probably seven or eight and uh my dad just let us go out because he lived in britney and sweet Brian. Mm-hmm. my mom she she lived in stewart gardens so uh we well, you know what to do, man. We just out there in the neighborhood. This is when they had telephone booths at the time. Mm. So we called 911 on the telephone oh, booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just start running, bro. Oh, the man. cops
1: pull up, bro. they like, uh-huh. hold on, these
2: are the only two kids in the neighborhood, bro. It's got to be them. <laughs> <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> bro, we got toe up.
1: Bro, we toe wow. up. And sweet sweet wow. boy. During that time, bro, it was so different because we played tackle football in the street. Yes, bro. You yes, know what yes. I'm saying? Yes. It was just so rough out there. Yeah. But um, you know, having, grown up in Britney and Sweetbriar between there and 14th and Wickham, because my aunt stayed 14th, and Wickham, yeah, 14th yeah, yeah. and Wickham, so it's like, bro, it was, like, it was a lot. You know bro, what I'm saying? we was in the same circle. That's yeah, crazy. Same we was in the same
2: circle, but about a 10-year difference, but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It was so commonplace was, to yeah. see to see the absenteeism of fatherhood. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. Do
0: you feel like you express your lack of having a father there in a negative or a
1: positive way. Mm. I think before it was negative, before it was negative. I think before it was negative for sure, because I was, I was so focused on trying to make up so many of the things that wasn't there because of fatherhood. I didn't focus on the things that I did, that I did have with my mom being there. Yeah. So I think I projected that in the wrong way to the wrong people. Now that I have kids And now that I can change the narrative and be a part of this generation right here that is breaking those generational curses of the not having the father in the household or not even in the household, just not having a father be present or be active in the life. Like that, that means a lot to me because my sons, like I I love them boys, I do anything for them boys. Yeah um and they love me they'll do anything for me as well so it's like that now i'm projecting it positively because yeah. i know that my sons um they got me and i got them so that's that's yeah bro i mean <laughs> that's that's what it is for me my my boys okay. are my everything
0: yeah absolutely yeah. okay so you get to high school mm-hmm. you're having this glow up moment Yeah, man. And you start feeling yourself. Yeah, man. You start feeling yourself. Yeah. And so, at what point do you decide, even though I'm living in project low income housing, my mother is a a fantastic woman. She's taking care of me, but I I still want more for myself. I want to go to college. When do you decide that? Senior year, bro. Senior year. Mm. Senior year.
1: It was late for me because, um, for me, like I said, I was trying to be a ladies man. So mm-hmm. I had I did not have a good GPA. I I did not. Um so I was a super sophomore, I was a super junior, and by the time I got to my senior year, everything kind of slowed down a little bit. I had to go to summer school two years in a row. So You that, said super
2: sophomore, super junior. What does that mean?
1: So I was taking extra classes to uh, make up for the classes that I failed. You went to Bethel? Bethel and then I went to Hampton. okay. Yeah. I you. But then I mm-hmm. graduated from Bethel because that's where all my friends were. So, um, yeah, bro, I was, I was doing a lot at, at at that time. And then of course I was in church, I was in ministry and everything like that. So it was like, my schedule was jam packed. So, you know, um, I realized it, um, when my, my senior year, when I saw everybody else getting, you know, scholarships to, to, to schools and stuff like that and going to the military and stuff like that. My mom yeah. was, uh, uh, it was a was a stickler for the hell no on the military. She did not want me to go to the military. Well, eventually and... you did join, but... Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, we'll, but what was that? That was later in life. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, And I ask my mom to this day. She, you know, she she kind of dances around the question a little bit. Uh, was she, your father military? No. Uh-uh. Um, But, and I wouldn't know. <laughs> <People> I know. <laughs> right, yeah. I wouldn't know. But, I mean, the reality yeah. is, I, I mean, I appreciate her for not, you know pushing me to military Yeah. because yeah, yeah. I know it's not a lot of parents. They're going to say, you're going to either go to the military or you're going to get a job or you're going to go to school. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that my mom did not put that type of pressure on me. She did apply pressure, but she did not put any pressure on me. She just, she just said, Hey, make the decision of, are you going to go to college or are you going to pick up a trade? Military was not an option for her. Mm. I wanted to go to the military. I wanted yeah. to go to the Marines.
3: Oh, yeah. good stuff. Yeah. But
1: she, but she was like, no, no Marines. Then I was like, well, if I can't go to the Marines, can I go to the Army? She was like, no, no Army. And so, you know, my mom, she just, she, I guess in a sense, it just felt like she was trying to protect me.
2: Let me ask you this, bro, because Marines is not something that most people would go for in their mm-hmm. first choice. right? And then you went from Marines to the Army. Mm-hmm. Both of those are like highly masculine Frontline type. Yeah, bro. So, were you fighting for masculinity at that point?
1: Nah. I Like, when I was like 17 years old, 18 years old, bro, I won't rap too tight. Like, yeah. I was just... Honestly, at that age, I was trying to prove something. Like, I yeah. was... I, I I mean, I was I was crazy a little bit, but you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I was out there trying to prove something.
2: And the reason why I asked is because I did the same thing. Yeah. Like, I, I wanted to... That image of masculinity that I had in yeah. my mind that I didn't get from my father, right? I wanted to be that guy. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's a good thing I didn't go that route Absolutely. because my life changed, you know, Absolutely. for the better. My brother went that route and his life changed for the better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that, I mean, for me, it was like, I want to be the masculine male, and I think this is gonna get me there the fastest. Yeah, you know what I mean. The military, especially like I wanted to do Marines, and then once I got got out of the Marines, I wanted to go into SWAT, and uh, had a conversation with SWAT, and I was 111 pounds at the time. Hey, bro, and they say, nah, you bro, <laughs> you too small. Hey, bro. Okay. <laughs> I
1: did, I did I did when I was 18, bro. I did the little weigh in for uh. For for the Marines, they won't take in nobody if you want at least 125. Yeah, if you
2: want there, they won't take you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if
1: if you was a certain height, you was 125. I mean, yeah, you can go. But under the 125 and 5'9", 5'10", slow. Yeah,
3: yeah. Real slow. You
1: know what
0: I'm hearing from what you guys are saying is that it sounds like young black men, when you reach a certain age, and if you don't have that male figure in your lives that can be the direct influence over you, you start looking for a way to become a man on your own. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm hearing. Now, I think a lot of young black men go through that is because we all grow up so much without having the direct male influence to tell us, okay, this is the best route for you to go, son. Yeah. I'm proud of you, son. Take this path. And then you begin looking for your own path because you want to be a man. And really before 18, most of us think we're men already. We think we're making men decisions. We, we, likely have jobs most times we're right. paying bills for parents because they can't afford it yeah and so we start feeling like we're already men and then we get to a certain age where it's time to now exit the household and go out into the world and we have to start looking for our own path of manhood mm-hmm. and i think that's what we all do
2: i think too because like you know I th- I th- it's, it's in our blood bro it's in our dna right yeah so if we were back in the day in Africa, there would be a rite of passage we would have to take right mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. this typically happens at a young age you're probably thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and they send you out and you have to survive in the woods and then come back right if you don't come back, that was it but if you came back now you can be part of the clan right. okay and you know this eighteen this 18 year old age that they put on us bro like we're already past the prime where we need to be taught everything that a man is before we even hit eighteen. And a lot of times we're not taught that, right? We're we're saying, you know, go, you know, the the school route. Which with most men who struggle in school, as I did, I'm not the guy that can sit down for eight hours in front of a te- you know in front of a textbook and recite to you what the heck I just learned, bro. Like I'm, my my mind is just not there. Yeah, you know what I mean. And for me, like I just I hated the idea of just being stagnant. And I saw myself if. You know, I'm 16 years old and I'm at my dad's house. I'm getting my GED. What do I go next? Yeah. And I had nobody to direct me. So my thing was like, all right, well, for one, I was, I was battling depression and I wanted to end it because I'm like, there's nothing else for me here in life. I'm not providing any value anywhere. The easiest way for me to provide value and go out like a hero is to join the military. Yeah. Because at this point in time, uh, we had just invaded Iraq and I'm like, all right, boom, I can get on the front line. So you were looking for an honorable death? Yeah, that's most definitely. That's what I was looking for, bro. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of my friends had already passed away. They got murdered in, in different cases. And, you know, so I'm like, bro. I'm and
0: not not from the military, just from street wars. Yeah, just from street wars. Yeah, yeah. Block, so, block wars. So yeah. they, they got murdered, killed, yeah. shooting, people yep. shooting back. Yeah. But, you know, it was a turf war going on. It's like, you know, we have domestic wars going on in our own neighborhoods here. in the African-American community. And that's how your friends went. Yeah, and but, I
2: think I think it's all a fight for masculinity, bro. It's all a fight for yeah,
1: masculinity. Absolutely. Right.
0: And you know, it's funny that I mentioned like the honorable death thing because when you die for your neighborhood in our community, you're seen as a hero. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Like you're you're you, you become like a deity type of figure and they put you on shirts and they, they spray paint your name, they make murals of you. And you're deified. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's when you get your wings. That's when you get your wings. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. and unfortunately yeah. that, that has been the, the history of our, of our community. Yeah. But you were looking for a different, a different type of,
2: well, the thing was like, I grew up in a church too. So I was not trying to end it myself. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? Like yeah. I wanted to be, I wanted to be recognized for something great. And I already knew that based on my father's lineage, That would not be anything I would be recognized for because he wasn't. He didn't do anything great. Yeah. So I wanted to be the hero of my own story. You know what I mean? Like I had when I was, I suffered depression for a very long time. I remember in second grade, bro. Like I used to. This is when Columbine first hit, and I used to have dreams about being in the classroom of Columbine, but me having guns and shooting back. You know what I mean? And then dying in a blaze of (laughs) glory, and everybody recognizing me as the hero, because you know a lot of it goes back to the nineteen eighties and nineteen nineties action hero. But then all all it, it always stems back to I really had no direction. Yeah. I had nobody to guide me. You know what and I mean? and I mean that's Probably. the thing.
1: So for for me it was the opposite. Mm. So the reason why I wanted to go to the military was because I wanted to take somebody out.
3: Like mm.
1: that's that's what I saw in my head. Yeah. Like that that got to prove something that got to that got to uh that desire to in someone else and do it in a in a legal manner. Yeah. That was my mentality. You still it. got that in? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think men have, if pushed to that point. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, we all it's had there, that right? in the I mean, out of us. Right? Nobody is looking to do that. But yeah. at the end of the day, for me, I'm I'm protecting my household. Yeah, most definitely. At at one hundred percent. Me and my wife, um, she She knows the procedure. If somebody walk up in that house, she know where she needs to go. And someone breaches. Yeah. Somebody come in that house. She know exactly where she need to go. And she know exactly what she need to do. And then from there, let me handle everything else. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right. So
0: let me ask you guys this because this really, for me, is a topic that has been foreign to me my entire life. Despite my experiences, I have never actually experienced depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've never had depression or anxiety. I don't know what if I know what it means to or how it feels to be sad for a moment, maybe a day. If someone passes away, if it's not a great day, but I've never actually experienced what I consider to be true depression. Can you all walk me through what that feels like as black men and particularly because as men, we don't express ourselves to other people, let alone other men for the most part. What is that? Like, what is depression and how does that, how does that feel? Like, where is your mind when you're going through that? And you, either one, you guys take it first.
1: So, I can only speak from my personal experience um, because everybody's anxiety and depression is a little bit different. Um, So, I, before I had anxiety and depression, I thought it was fake. I thought it was just something that people used to um, get out of something like I, so I, a cop-out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a cop-out, like a, okay. a reason to just, to just like not do something or not have to do something. Yeah. We didn't see too much anxiety and depression when we were in high school. And, and I, well, I didn't, I yeah. can only speak for myself, but you know, we had a couple people in our class that, you know dealt with social anxiety and stuff like that so they would be in a corner and and nobody bothered them but then when somebody did bother them they would start crying out of nowhere uncontrollably and I'm like oh, what what you doing all that for <laughs> so but I I say all that to say you know um anxiety and depression for me um anxiety started first um and it started during the pandemic um you know I'm working and everything like that, and one day it it it, it was after I had COVID. Uh, I woke up one day, bro, and I just felt like I had accomplished nothing, mm. like
0: in your entire life, babe. in
1: my entire existence, like everything that did not happen that I wanted to do, and it I just failed at it. Started rushing to my head. And the anxiety of not being able to accomplish something for just that, for those moments. And then any moment during that day, that is where my anxiety came from. That is what my anxiety felt like. I didn't necessarily deal with depression until I would say 2022. Um, I, So this I, is pretty recent. Yeah. Okay. So I dealt with a long battle. I would say from like going into 2022, um, to um probably about close to the end of 2023. Um because I just during that time I was changing job to job. And as an accountant, bro, like nobody in the accounting in the accounting world necessarily wants to see somebody uh constantly changing jobs yeah. from year to year. Yeah, yeah. And I had jobs, bro, where I was leaving after six months. Mm. So my resume wasn't, wasn't necessarily looking all that great to recruiters and, um, HR and hiring managers and all that other stuff. So, you know, when I was trying to look for jobs, I had to spin this story, spin this wheel of why I left. Well, why did you leave? Um, some cases it was the culture. Um, so, you know what I'm saying? I worked at one place, Hampton university, um, and it was not the best place to work. Um, you know, yeah, know. and it's it's not a knock against anybody that that you know still works there or attends school there. It's just I've had multiple bad experience, multiple bad experiences with Hampton University.
2: So time. yeah, so we do work with them too. Yeah, and I understand what you're saying. You know what I'm
1: saying? I've had <laughs> yeah. I've had multiple bad experiences, yeah. and then you know I, I I left there, went to another job, and you know it it was cool at first, but then. You know, you you start to realize how political this private sector of work is. And so all of that stuff started setting in for me. And that's that that was a huge cause of my anxiety, bro. Like so and my depression. So um but my dad, he my my stepdad, um, I call him my dad. So uh he would get this um these gallons of moonshine. He would he would get it for me. And stuff like that. <laughs> and, hey, bro, people don't know this, but moonshine can be very addictive. Oh, yeah. It definitely can. It yeah. can be very yeah. addictive. And it's moonshine. a depressant. It's a depressant. It's a depressant, yeah, man. It aids yeah. in those definitely. thoughts. Definitely. Yeah. Um, And some, so some people think that, you know, you drink, you put the thoughts in your head, and you can put them off to the side when you go to sleep. But nah, not with depression.
0: Not with men either. Like, yeah, you know, men, we go nah. to bed... With our thoughts, we wake up with our thoughts, and our mm. thoughts are constantly just weighing on our shoulders and our mind. Yeah, and we, we have
1: visions. We have visions and dreams about we our have thoughts
0: too. all the time, mm-hmm. and you know, all the time. And I think men of purpose have we have trouble sleeping. Yeah, like I exactly. have trouble sleeping all the time. Yeah, yeah, bro. I do. You know, I've had sleep tests done, and uh I think the point is that I'm making here is if you're a, a driven man, a driven man. This is a part of life. You just sleep and in between the yeah, blinks. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You can't get around it. Okay. So,
1: I mean, and, and so, but I dealt with that. I, I dealt with it. And, you know, one of the things that, um, that helped me come out of it was, um, first of all, my wife, mm. uh, she stuck with me through all of that. Uh, my wife, she she encouraged me. She told me everything was gonna be okay and everything like that. And you know, she she always tells me you always find a a way to encourage me, even when you're down. And that kind of lift that lifts my that lifted my spirits every single time. Because I'm like, yo, you got a lot of stuff going on too, and I can't be selfish in any moment and take away from what you have going on. To focus completely on what I have going on. And that's not fair. That's not what marriage is. You know what I'm saying? It's it's give and take. It's understanding, you know, it's it's knowing uh and understanding when and how to support and when and how to be supported. Um and I think that's the mark of a real man. I know social media puts the 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 issue of what is a real man paying all the bills and all that. No. I feel like Being a real man is just knowing when you have to support someone else and knowing when you need to be supported. That's the that's the humility of it all. Like being humble in those moments and knowing how to do that, because if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't be here. Mm. I wouldn't.
0: That's powerful.
1: You see what I'm saying? Like if it wasn't for my kids, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was
0: saying that you would have no purpose in existence.
1: I I, I would not have, found. Them. I would not have found a reason. Yeah. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I think about, how can I make my wife's day? How can I make my kids day? Like, those are the first three things that I think about every single morning when I wake up, because it just like, I put myself to the side now and granted, now I've learned when when you're depressed you don't you don't know how to take care of yourself you get you kind of get away from that and that's what that's part of the reason why you're depressed but you know what I'm saying now I've learned when to be Brandon again but I enjoy being um, the husband and I enjoy being dad so much that bro Brandon can Brandon can wait for you know a couple weeks mm-hmm. but I always take some type of time to get back to Brandon and I, and that, and that started last year, closer to last, uh, closer to the end of last year, where I started hanging out with my line brothers. Yeah. I started hanging out with, you know, getting on a game with people that I relate to, that I'm comfortable with. We can have com- funny conversations on our, on our chat and our, on our stream and we're good to go. Um, I don't put myself in unfamiliar situations or unfamiliar scenarios or unfamiliar environments because, yeah, it was okay when we was in our 20s. You put yourself in an unfamiliar situation, an unfamiliar environment all you want, but now we're in our 30s. We need to be comfortable. We need to slow it down, be okay with the things that we have going on and learning how to perfect those things, figuring all those things out. And so, man, like I said, shout out to my wife, where my camera at. Boo. <laughs> boo i love you uh Gio, giannis i love y'all uh but yeah like bro i i mean aside from my wife um another thing that helped me come out of depression going to the gym mm. talking to talking to people about it going to counseling i mean um i talked to my counselor the other day and i said we uh, us millennials got y'all booked up don't we <laughs> <laughs> it's like the millennials are dealing with yeah. the trauma that the baby yeah. boomers cause yeah. Yeah. so yeah. we're just you know
0: we're, yeah. we're bringing so, all these issues to yeah. them so the, okay uh, the millennials we yeah. definitely
1: got these uh got these counselors <laughs> ah, and these yeah. therapists booked up and I'm gonna keep it a paying baby, the bills for yeah, them uh, she said yeah I like uh, millennials like the age group she, she, she just gave me an age group she said yeah the, the age group that I'm seeing right now 95%
2: yeah, but like, yeah, I, I I don't doubt it at all. But wow. it's it's yeah.
1: just it's just the the I think it's just we are more aware of our emotion to certain things, and so, I mean, for me, for a little while there, I cared about what other people felt about me.
2: Well, I think that's something that you know all men kind of yeah go through at one point in time, Absolutely. right? Because you do care about the um. You do care about the opinion of others around you, your peers and things of that nature. But then when it starts to when it starts to encompass everything that you believe in and everything that you surround yourself with. Now you carry their identity instead of your own identity.
1: Absolutely. And yeah. social media play, played a huge part in it.
3: Yeah. yeah. You know what
1: I'm saying? Like for, for especially during 2020, my, my wife and I, we were still renting stuff like that. Uh, we were trying to buy a house. But then I started seeing all the my line brothers and all my friends purchasing houses and, you know, doing great things. And I would, I never, I I never hated on my line brothers at all. I love to see it for me though. I was like, I, I should be there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I should be right there with them. I think
2: that's a hard spot to be in. And
1: it is really tough. It's really tough. Yeah. And so, you know, when everybody was buying their houses and, you know, getting their six-figure jobs and stuff like that, I was like, bro, I should have been there too. Yeah. But it's like, uh, I I needed to walk into my time.
2: Yeah. I think that's the most important thing because, like, again, we talked about this last time, the path, right? Mm -hmm. Your path is your path. You can't walk somebody else's path. Absolutely. Absolutely. for me, like, when I when I ended up going to uh, Northern Virginia and I spent most of my high school in in Northern Virginia, um, that's a very affluent neighborhood, right? So I went from going downtown Newport news to somewhat of the projects there, but the projects there would still be considered something affluent here. Right. So you got, you know, a very low income, median income here, I think it was maybe 15 to 22,000 the low income there is like 50 to 60,000. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I see as I'm not graduating, all my other friends are graduating. Uh, One of my best friends, he got a job at NASA. The other ones are doing like extremely like, Important jobs, doctors, yeah. lawyers. You know what I mean. All this other you stuff. Sit, you said you sitting <laughs> like, there like,
1: bro, why can't that be me? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in my. You dad's. ain't hating on them. You just no, like,
2: why can't it be me too? I'm like, yeah. So, so why why did my path go this way? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I'm I'm back at my dad's house, back where we started at. The house has been condemned three times. Every time they condemn the house, they'll wait a couple of weeks and then pull all the all the condemned flags up and just throw it in the trash. And then we got to you know start from scratch again and i was like bro like i'm just i'm tired of this bro like i'm tired of everybody else is succeeding in life i have no direction i don't know what i'm doing i don't see myself anywhere in the next 5 to 10 years i see myself in the ground you know what i mean yeah. like I, I don't see myself doing anything in the next 5 to 10 years except for being dead yeah and the first thing i said was okay well before i leave i'm gonna, I'm going to put a seed in this earth i want i want something to carry on for me yeah and uh, ended up getting married at 19. And uh, the same year I got married, my best friend got murdered. And I was like, all right, Lamont, you, you really have to focus on what you want to do. Either you want to live and build some sort of legacy that you can kind of be proud of, or you just want to give up and be like everybody else. Yeah. I said, well, shoot, I, I need to I need to live. But my depression started when I was younger. My depression started when I was maybe in second, third grade. Um, because I longed for my father, bro. Like, I longed for my dad, man. And uh, for me, it was it was difficult because um, I felt like he didn't put enough work in. Mm-hmm. And with me having six kids and me seeing the things that I do for my kids, I'm looking back at my dad, and I'm like, Dad, all I wanted you to do was catch a bus to come see me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just do something, bro. Like, just just let me know that I'm there for you yeah you know I mean yeah. Like, like i'm 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 on the top of your mind, let me know that I'm there, like I still exist in your mind, you know what yeah. I mean, and it just you know it didn't happen and and you know I came to a uh a moment when I was maybe eighteen or nineteen years old where um I basically cursed him out, I called him on the phone, I cursed him out, I gave him as much as my you know <laughs> as much as I yeah. could possibly think of in that moment and i and I was like, bro, I don't need you as a father anymore, I'm nineteen years old. I got two kids of my own about to have a third kid. Now I don't need you as a father, but my kids need their grandfather. Yeah. From there. He been there.
1: Yeah, bro. So it's like, I, that's the only thing. Me being 31 years old, bro. Yeah. Like if there was any moment that my biological father could be there. Yeah. Just be there for my sons. There's that's it. there's nothing that you can do for me at 30. Yeah. Years old. yeah. I'm, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. 14 years ago, yeah, you could have you could have did something. You could have been there for me. But my stepdad is more has been more of a father to me in the past, I wanna say 10 plus years. I think him and my mom have been married for about 10 plus years. Yeah, 10 years because they got married the year before um I went to I graduated. No, I went to college. It mm. was 2014. So yeah, so I mean, my stepdad has always been there for me yeah. I, I can call I, w- I can call my like you know the little uh the little meme where it says you get you, like uh it gives you a scenario you got one person that you gotta call yeah, if you don't yeah. call that person <laughs> if that person doesn't answer you die yeah or something down. like yeah, that yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling my my stepdad yeah because he gonna answer yeah uh 100% of the time there's not had there has not been a time where he does not answer and if he does not answer he's calling me back in two minutes. So, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 like if my biological father was to come to me and say, "Hey, listen, you know, I, I just want to be there for you, be there for them." Yeah, Giovanni and Giannis need it more. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they don't. I, I, there's nothing that you can do for me. I'm, I'm, and it's not, it's not, it's not to be conceited about it. But it's like I've I've accomplished what you have not, bro. He he missed the boat. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, he I've, the boat. I've accomplished the thing that you weren't able to, because when I was seven, that's my oldest. How old my how old my oldest son is? When I was seven, I needed you. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm 31 now. You missed the boat. Yeah. So be there for them. Yeah. If if you're gonna be there for anybody, if you're gonna show any type of support towards me, get to them. Yeah. Uh, it's. Uh,
2: it's crazy, man, because it's like, you know, I look at the man I am today, right? And I look at my father, and um, it was unfortunate for him because he lost his father and his mother at a very young age. I think my my grandma died when he was maybe 13. My grandfather died when he was like 10 or 11. So he was always the baby of the family out of yeah. 9 or 10 kids or something like that. And, uh, you know, I look at him now, and I'm, and I'm like, man, like, this is... Like, bro, this is where I came from. Like It's like, bro, like yeah. it's night and day. It's night and day, man. He'll come, you know, he'll my dad is a master complainer. Master uh, complainer, bro. And um uh, he'll be like, Yeah, you know, I got I got two rich sons and they don't do nothing for me and <laughs> I'm like, do something for you cry me or like, come river. on, bro. You <laughs> supposed to leave a legacy a for us. Yeah. You want me to leave a legacy for you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think
0: that we are the most forgiving generation.
2: I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I
0: think especially you know black yeah. men and we tend to accept our fathers later on in life when the job for them is now easy. Yeah. Like you said, there's no job anymore for your father because you're thirty one. And actually even with with Geo and Giannis, there still isn't really much of a job because the first line of defense is always you. Yeah. You have the hard part. You and Bella have the hard part of caring for your children, right? Yeah. yeah. If he does come around ever, he gets to come around for the most fun moments. Yeah. Right. And even hearing you say that and you know, knowing you, Lamine, that your father does come around in some, you know, sometimes for your kids and whatnot. We still give them opportunities to be present. Yeah. Even though they lack so much presence in our lives. And yeah. Yeah. we we still find a reason to forgive.
2: Well, I think, you know, I, I look at it like uh, Dragon Ball, right? Mm-hmm. So when Frieza was fighting <laughs> Goku on Planet Namek, uh-huh. <laughs> This is early Dragon Ball, yeah. 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 Early, Dragon yeah. Ball. yeah early, early Dragon Ball. ball. He just mollywopped him, right? Yeah. He Uh huh. him. Uh-huh. He, you know, he, he did his own Destructo disc, cut himself in half, and he's just sitting there lying on the ground. And Goku's like, bro, like, I don't need to fight you no more. Yeah. He's like, all right, here, bro. Here's some extra energy so that you can survive. Yeah, like that, that's how I feel with my dad. Like, bro, I don't need to, bro. Like, you, you dying out here. Yeah. <laughs> what, so,
0: I mean, do you all feel sorry? It's, it's pity. Like, that, it, to me, pity. Okay, to me, it's pity. It, it's pity. Yeah. It's like, but bro. if they didn't have value to offer you all, then what is the value they can offer your children?
2: Well, it's, it's just to me, it's not. Um, is there? There's not much value there outside of lineage. You know what I mean? Absolute like I want them to know who my father is because I want them to know who surrounds him, his brothers and sisters. And, you know, it's like my dad has not accomplished much in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, for me, it's it's almost like charity, right? Mm. Bro. See how well your sons have done in your absence and then see how well your grandchildren are doing, um, you know, as, as a result of, of your sons in your absence. You know what I mean? And, and it's just like, yeah, keep going.
1: It's, it's just so crazy for me because um my my biological father lives next door to my grandmother's best friend. come on, bro <laughs> in the seven five come on, man in Hampton like you can you can drive down the street to come. Yeah. you could have dr- driven down the street this whole entire time. But, and he also has two other sons that so he's very active in their life.
2: So I, I was going to ask you that, did did he have a, actually raised a family with another wife. And then I
1: don't think he, I don't, it, to my understanding, he never got married. Never got so married. So that's the, you know what I'm saying? Again, that's not, that's none of my business, but you know what I'm saying? I met my, I've seen my older brothers more than I've seen him. Hmm. Cause after I turned seven, I saw them a few times, you know what I'm saying? And then when I got to middle school, in high school, I saw them a couple times too, but other than that, I I don't even I don't even know what them young men look like. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to them. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I don't I don't know what they look like, but you know, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm better off. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Because my sons they see my stepfather as their granddad, their pop pop. Yeah, that's what we are gonna go with. We ain't we ain't gotta change it. We ain't gotta reinvent the wheel.
0: No, I don't think we have to. And hey. that's, why I, that's why I said I think we're also uh, young black men are around our age. Millennials are just so forgiving. Yeah. And I think perhaps we forgive for the sake of our own soul. So we can move on.
1: I was going to ask you why, but I, I but that's the reason why. Is that the reason it's, why? It's, it's, yeah. it's for the It's for the sake of us.
0: I think so. I it's, think it's, it's, I think it's for the sake of our own. Yeah. So, so we're not bitter, and we can move yeah. on, and we can father our children. Because in the a way millennial we father.
1: The millennial generation is is really, like, we about our business. Like, yeah, all of this other stuff that's going on. Like, okay, yeah, it's okay, but. Mm. We just trying to we trying to establish ourselves, get our stuff straight, so that we can give it to our kids, give our kids the legacy that we did not get. Yeah, unfortunately, and it's not to say that our parents didn't try. It's not to say that
0: some of them didn't try. Yeah, and some of them, yeah, some of them,
1: some of them really didn't. <clears throat> yeah, but the reality is, like our parents. Mama, I know my mom She tried her hardest Oh gosh yes
2: But I I think too man Like we were all part of an experiment bro This was the I mean we grew up in the crack era
1: We grew up yeah. We grew up with technology And without technology At the same time well, so, uh, and so, The, yeah, the so, change so, in technology yeah, But mm-hmm. y'all were
2: born in the 90s 93, 93. 92 for him Okay yeah, yeah yeah So I was born in the 80s and the yeah. majority of my my people were strung out on crack. And yeah, that's a crack oh, yeah. era. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think the nineties uh, there was a shift. It, there was no longer was a the crack era. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <sighs> but yeah, drugs are drugs are drugs. Yeah, yeah they started uh, doing the dog food in the nineties. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dog food. <laughs> I mean, because okay. it, it still affected us. I mean, my my uncle he was a zombie in, in Brittany and Sweet Bar in the nineties. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That was Would a, he
0: Would he walk around yeah, the apartment
2: complex just like in zombie mode? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. A,
1: it was. A, it was a trap house in it. Um, yeah. In Brittany yeah. and Sweet Bar, and it's, we know we know that where that was, and then it was one, you know, uh, downtown yeah. News as well.
2: And I think that you know part of the pity comes from that, right? Because mm-hmm. we weren't, they weren't given a fair chance they weren't given a fair chance from mm. the jump you know what i mean and it's like um you have to be an extremely focused man to be able to get out of that and then move forward and move your family past that and i mean unfortunately these weren't focused men you know what i mean they yeah. weren't focused men absolutely well you know i like to call this therapy on record
0: yeah you know absolutely. a lot of a lot of black men don't actually go see therapists BP, you do go see and speak to a therapist, but most of us don't actually do it. So uh, we use this form that we have here as what I call therapy on record, right? Yeah. So we're talking about things, have an open conversation because a lot of us are suffering in silence when it comes to this stuff. And luckily, the three of us have, have dealt with whatever our trauma was as black men who had yeah. absentee fathers. And we're now we're moving beyond it. If we're not already beyond it, we're moving beyond it. So I'm happy about that. I'm happy to see that you, you know, have overcome, overcome what you were going through in the last year. Lamont, happy to see that you have defeated the anxiety, depression that you were going through too. Again, I, I've never actually felt that, but I have felt, obviously I felt anger towards my father, anger towards people. My, even my own mother who did not raise me. Yeah. I felt abandonment uh, as a black man. Mm. So I, I know how these things feel, you know, coming along and growing up and trying to deal with these things in stride. Yeah. So, you know, we are all trying to escape what we were all kind of dealt. Yeah. In in our lives. So
2: I'm gonna tell you, so one thing real quick, and I'll be super quick with this one thing that has extremely helped me out. Um, in the past, uh, gratefulness and depression in my mind cannot coexist. Mm. Right. and, One thing that I got into was, uh, meditation. I got into mindfulness. I got into, uh, reading different books, man, that that could help me expand on what I already believed in my faith and being grateful for the things that I have. Because honestly, bro, when I, when I, when I got to 30, actually, when I got to 32, I had a huge party at 32 because I didn't, I did not believe I would make it to see past 32. So anything past 32 has been like extremely like grateful for me. Mm and um I don't think i've ever i don't think I've had another bout with depression since i was thirty two uh because I just consider this a bonus you know what i mean I, I feel like I completed the the single player game right now I'm, oh, yeah. I'm playing the, yeah. the the game again on a different mode now I, I've unlocked a few things and you know i'm I'm living my my gta life on uh Chico's now so yeah for me, I don't think uh, gratefulness and, and depression could go this. So I try to find ways to be grateful for everything that I have, even the, even the things that I'm going through that may not be as, um, as good as they they should be, you know, certain situations, cause they're, they're always going to come up, right? The situations yeah. are always going to be there. You're always going to struggle with certain things. Uh, but now I'm like, dang, I, thank you. I get to struggle through this. You yeah. know what I mean? I get to struggle through this and, and make my way past
1: it. And, and then, a part of that is you spoke about greatness. I mean, gratefulness. It's like when you find yourself being grateful, you find your reason. Yeah, and you find your why. And yeah. I think that's what that's one of the things that a lot of men is are, are missing. They don't have their why. Why are you getting up every morning? Yeah, to go to work to to do this and 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 to change your mindset of dealing with this crazy boss that's yelling at you every single morning, and and all of that. other like. Just walk into being grateful for the things that you have, and stop focusing on the things that you don't. You yeah. gon' you to get it, because obviously if you if you sitting here, you're thinking about it, and you you talk about it, and you 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 say that you're gonna you're 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 gonna have it. It's already it's already in the atmosphere. You've already uh like put it put it out there for yeah. for you to go walk into it. Yeah. But the reality is like. If you don't have it right now, just put a pin in it. Yeah, cause you you about to walk into it. Yeah, it's gonna come. You've manifested it. Yeah, just walk into it.
2: Yeah, one don't, thing that somebody told me a long time ago, they was like, "Bro, don't give up five feet before the
1: finish line."
2: It's like you're, you're right there. That's the you're right there. That's the
1: military mindset, <laughs> boy, boy. When I boot camp, boot camp, gonna change your mind about a yeah. lot of yeah. things. I tell you that yeah. so. That's that military mindset seriously absolutely yeah. you, you you're not about to sit here if if you running we of course military you got your your, your physical fitness assessment every single year mm-hmm. if you're running and you tired as hell but you got five minutes left yeah well not even five minutes let's bring it down to 30 seconds yeah you already spent you already sore you didn't did yes. your, you didn't did your push-ups you didn't did your sit-ups all you had to do was your run. You've done good up to this point and you got 30 seconds, 30 seconds left and you feel like giving up.
2: Yeah. That's what you need to dig in. It's that
1: f- fight or flight mentality. Yeah, at, Are you going to push through it or yeah. are you going to fall out? Exactly. Because at a certain point, yeah. So I'm how talking, do you, how do you find yeah.
0: that as a man? Right. Brother. Because we have all been there and not just physically, but you know, mentally, mentally, in different scenarios. emotionally, emotionally. When you are at that point of, okay, I'm I'm ready to throw the towel in. I'm going to wave the white flag. I'm exhausted. I'm mentally exhausted. I'm physically, I I cannot go any further than what I've gone. What are you thinking about in that moment? Because I think it's like a very, very split-second decision. Yeah, it is. Between falling out and saying, I'm done, and saying, okay, you know what? I still have a little bit more left in a tank. How do men actually find that? What do you do? What do you tap into to get to that?
1: The first thing that I tap into is is saying that I'm not scared to fail. Mm. I'm not I'm not scared that if I don't get it this time, the next time I go out and do it, I'm definitely gonna do it. But if it's that split second decision that split second decision and I only got thirty seconds left and I have to push through no matter what then I go back to my reason. I go back to my why. Yeah. And I think about who this affects outside of myself. Because at at a certain point, it's not about me. It's not about, about, you know, Brandon. It's not about what BP wants to do. It's about, well, if Giovanni and Gianna see this, they're going to see somebody who did not finish. Yep. 30 seconds prior, and they're going to think that it's okay. It's not that they're going to see me as a failure. They're going to think that it's okay. Yeah. I don't want them to have that mentality. Yeah. I want them to sit here and be like, damn, my dad really, really just did all that. And now he was tired. He was done. He was spent. He was ready to fall out. But he still pushed through.
2: Yeah. That's my why, too. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I, got, I got seven people on my back. You
1: see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like
2: and then that's, just, that's just locally, right? Mm-hmm. And then I got the rest of my family on my back who are still dependent on me for other things. I yeah. got other people who depend on me for other things. So it's like, if I fail, everybody else crumbles, right?
1: The sooner you find your reason and your why as a man, the better off and the more motivated you are to accomplish the things that you've, that you've been wanting to accomplish. Yeah.
0: I think as a man, you need to despise failure
1: well you need to so, ex- you need to experience it experience experience you do it, yeah. but despise once you experience it. it, you do need to despise it i well, think.
2: I, I think go ahead. I'll say this too because fail gracefully, right, so <clears throat> when you fail you're not you're not out, you know what I mean like yeah. it's when you fail, it's one of those things is okay, well, where did I go wrong? Rework yeah. the formula yeah, rework the formula, right yeah, and it's like when I fail, nobody knows. Because they they don't take the hit, I take every hit, and I'm like, all right, well, I need to recover twice as fast before re- before they actually take the hit, mm. so that I can actually you know get get the ball back rolling again, so they never knew that anything happened, and then once everything is done, I go back to them and be like, hey, you know, I was struggle last spot, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so let me ask y'all this:
1: yeah. Have y'all so you said feel gracefully? Yeah. Um have y'all failed ugly before? Oh, most Absolutely. definitely. So, I yeah. mean, and that's the thing, like, I I, I go back to that gym mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, when you got that ugly face and you trying to, you trying to push through that, that 275 that on yeah. that, on that, on yeah. that bench and yeah. you trying to, you trying to push through it, you trying to push through it, your face is ugly as ever. Yeah. And so, you know what I'm saying? That's one of the things that I I, I think about. Is just like, I failed ugly before. Yeah. Really like really bad and really hard but the the reality is I'm not going to do that again. So now I'm now I'm in a mentality where I failed ugly. I failed gracefully a couple of times but you know what I'm saying at this point I despise it. You have to despise yeah, it. Like yeah. I truly
0: believe that failure should haunt you as a man. Mm. You should not be able to sleep well at night. At a certain point, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. At At a certain point, at a certain point in your life, it it need no, it needs, it needs to hunt you, yeah. Right, like the the ghost of all your failures should live on your shoulders. Yeah. When you sleep at night, you should be thinking about okay, I failed, right? Yeah. And so much so that it makes you get up the next day and you have to go harder. Yeah. Yeah. You need to despise failure as a man; otherwise, you become comfortable with it. All right, yeah, I can yeah, yeah, I good, I good. I cannot live with yeah. myself. I can't look at myself the next morning yeah. if I have failed at something and I didn't go back and attack it. Exactly. It, it's yes. it's okay to fail. It. Yeah, it is okay to fail. Yeah, it's not okay to not go back and, and, and yeah. attack. Do not. Con- you do have to come to failure. You cannot concede yeah. to failure as a man. Yeah, it has got to hunt you. You have got to get back up and go and fight.
1: Comfort, comfort, yeah. and failure. That's what I'm saying. Comfort and failure is complacency. It's complacency. You yeah. have got to you despise have not, failure as you a man. You have not yeah. despise it. You see what I'm saying? Like you, contentment is okay. You know what I'm saying? You can be content with things in your life. I mean, we talk about it. You, you talked about faith. Uh-huh. It's all the contentment, Bible, this is great game. That's you see what, what I'm saying? saying? Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, the, the Bible talks about contentment versus complacency. Yeah. And the okayness with contentment and being able to move when God says move, that is contentment. But when you're so stuck in your ways and conceited and cocky about I'm here. I'm I'm okay here. I'm not moving from here. I'm I'm good. Complacency.
0: Yeah, that's complacency. Whether
1: whether whether or not I fail or succeed, I'm gonna stay right here. Well, yeah. so
2: that was our fathers, right? Absolutely. They chose complacency because it, it it was too much work for them to actually be present. Yeah, and it's like you know, a, a, a part of me too also looks at my father and I'm like, I don't want to be this guy. I remember at one point in time, I probably was maybe uh, 11 or 12 years old and we're in Georgia at this time. We're homeless and we finally get a chance to be at a hotel. And um, my mom's just pissed. She's just pissed at something that's going on. And I say something to her. She said, boy, you just like your father. I said, no, I'm nothing like him and I'm going to prove you wrong. Just like that. And she was like. Bro, I thought for sure she was going to come over there and slap the mess out of me, bro. (laughs) And she was like, all right, we'll do it. Yeah. And, bro, that stuck with me. That stuck with me. And anytime I'm in a situation where I know that I could be doing more and I don't, I picture my father. And I'm like, I I can't be this guy.
0: So there's a polarity to that because his failure drove you to be where you are. But in the opposite sense, a father's success can also drive a son to be greater than his father. Yeah. So there's this polarity to it, right? It's like both things actually drive the man, but which one would you rather have? Right. The pride in the man that you look up to or the anger and disgust of this man's failure where he failed you. That has to drive you to being the man that you are. It's, it's a polarity it's, to It, right? it, it depends on the man. situation. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I feel like history has shown us that's kind of like a fifty-fifty thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If if you got a, a father that's been a CEO of a company for thirty plus years, if he's
2: a, if he's a great, well-known man, you right? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a
1: world. I mean, some some guys. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. Some men will yeah. say that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, but if you have a son that who has a father that's multi-talented and everything like that and your father is taking the time to take the things that he sees in you that he saw in himself and making it 10 times better yeah i feel like that's just that that's just that level up i'm yeah, going to be better yeah. than my dad in that cuz i feel like that's what G- giovanni has and Giannis has and how, how old are they they're 7 and 3 okay yeah yeah. So, they all, yeah, so I feel like you know what I'm saying Giovanni is a multi-talented young man he is good at sports he's good at music he's good at putting stuff together he's good at analyzing all of those things that I was good at but I think you know what I'm saying at, as a as a father I know by the time he get to high school he's gonna be better than me at a lot of things yeah I mean the the boy better than than at better than me at taking pictures I mean, he, I mean, he's, he's he's so he's so photogenic. It, it bothers me. Uh, <laughs> I'm listen, not photogenic man, at he all. He is
0: the sweetest kid. Man. I mean, Giovanni I swear. is just he, like he is the he is the ultimate big brother. I yeah. mean, like, he is so know, great. I swear he is. I man. mean,
1: he's he's so great, and it's like you know what I'm saying. I feel like my son. He's gonna be like both of my sons. They're gonna be better than me. Yeah, and I'm okay but, but, with that. But,
2: but that's what you want yeah. as a father. I'm, right? I'm yeah.
1: so I'm so okay with it. But, I can't wait for it. Yeah, because you know what I'm saying, Giovanni. He 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 takes these Lego sets, and of course you take the small Lego sets, and you see what he gonna do with it. He put he put a Lego set together by itself. Yeah, and I I was floored. I was shocked. Then we went to another difficulty: the the 14 plus. Yeah, put it together by itself. Okay, cool. Let's see if you gonna put one of these adult ones together. So yeah. we put it together by ourselves. He he helped me. He he asked me to help him with a couple of the the smaller pieces. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Being a part of being a father is knowing that your kids gonna be smarter than you.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Man.
2: yeah. They're gonna be smarter than you. Yeah, that's beauty in that.
1: Yeah. and and I love it. But it's,
2: you because you, like the the goal is to have a seed that is stronger than you oh, to carry yeah. on more seeds. Right? And
1: I, I feel like I feel like Geo and Giannis are just gonna. They're gonna do some amazing things in this yeah. world that I can't see, yeah. and I won't. I probably won't see. Yeah, I, I mean, hopefully, I'm here to see it. But my boys, man, they they, they about to do some things, man. That's uh, that's gonna that's gonna shock the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm hopefully as world world known and world renowned and stuff like that. But if Giovanni says, "Dad, I just want to go to the military and do my 20 years and call it a day." I'm gonna support that. Yeah. And I'm gonna do everything that I can to support that. If Gianna says, Dad, I want to be the best baseball player in the world, I'm gonna I'm gonna support that. And you know what I'm saying? Giovanni, he talks about playing baseball and that boy nice.
2: Yeah.
1: He nice and he hasn't even touched the field yet. Imagine like in my head, I'm just like, imagine when he touched a field. Yeah, yeah. What what I know and what 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 other coaches are going to teach him that I can't. That boy going to be crazy. Yeah. He's going to be like that. So, yeah. yeah, bro. I ask my boys
2: uh, all the time, man. I'm, I'm like, yo, do y'all think y'all be better than me? And, you yeah, know, of course, Elijah. Yeah, dad, I'm going to be better. And then they, they both start teaming in on them. I'm going like, you to tell you, tell you now, <laughs> the moment that Giovanni
1: <laughs> wants to step on the basketball court, because he talks about it a lot. Yeah. The moment that he, I'm going to roast him him. The f- the first you got time. to I'm yeah, going. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. talking about I'm going to roast If you want to take it If you want to take it seriously I'm definitely going to roast him yeah. Dante Dante So Interesting story So <laughs> <laughs> He tells a story It's funny I, It is it, <laughs> hilarious So Dante is 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 I think One of Top three on our line In basketball in yeah, my, Dante in, nice In, in yeah. my head In my yeah, head yeah, Dante nice I mean, you got Dante. You got we got some players. You man. got you got West, and then you got you got Boo Are
0: we are we not counting the players that played on the actual team? Because Sean and and Kevin played on the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. So, if, so I we mean, probably
0: can't count them because they're obviously well. No, nah, so really you got but I, I, Dwayne's very good. Sj's very good. Ryan West can play.
1: I mean, out of out Flesh of can play too. Out of our nineteen, we got. I mean we can we could we have some good players, man. We got some solid You, got a, squad. you got, a, got a squad. We got yeah, a like squad. Like we got three strong, four on, four a, five on five. A 8 and 9 players. We got a strong oh, okay. We got a strong like, We, we,
0: have, we have some really good players, so, man. So you this, got a start in a bit. So long, yeah, long, yeah, long story less
1: <laughs> long, man. This dude Dante thought because I was a singer, I could not play. Yeah, he's actually a, Oh, you sing? Oh, he's a very
0: No, he's a very good singer. Yeah. I, so He's a very good singer. Spit a bar real quick. No. Oh, that's he actually he is a very good singer.
1: So, I mean, so I want I, I, to put it, to put it out there. We got about a good a good solid six yeah. that that can play very very well. Dante is one of them. Uh, Wes, S J Boo Boo. Uh, I mean the, the top five or six can be interchangeable. Dwayne
0: Dwayne and Kevin. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, bro, we 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 all pretty nice at, at balls, but. This dude, man, I mean, I'm going on a full court, on a, on a full court drive, because I mean, he tried to, what was it, you tried to steal the ball or something, and I went behind the back? Yeah, he caught me. He caught oh, me. I, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I guess he was expecting me not to do something like that. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. <laughs> you gotta be quicker than that. Gotcha. What you talking about? Like, what? like... <laughs> out <laughs> a certain like w- when you when you grew up in the area that we grew up in bro you had to hoop. you had to yeah, you be had to yeah. multifaceted because when you when you got done playing basketball you had to go in the house and shower real quick so that you can get ready for choir practice
3: mm-hmm.
1: so mm-hmm. And, and and that's that's what it was for me like that's what my lifestyle was like i go outside play uh play street football all that other stuff go play basketball whatever and then I gotta make sure that I'm back at the house before six o'clock. Because six o'clock was the time where we had to go for uh choir practice. If I mean, and my mama didn't play about time. Yeah. You better be in this house before them street lights come on.
2: That's a fact, bro. You,
1: yeah, And be in this house, showered and ready to go out the house so that we can go to Gethsemane Baptist Church, mm. so that you can go get yourself uh in this in this pulpit, so that you can start choir practice, uh-huh. and so you know that was my routine. um You know what I'm saying? So it's like the reality is for me, you know, you had to be multifaceted. and then of course we had church league basketball and all of that other stuff, and so you know, it, I tell that story all the time because he he was literally shocked, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? It was it was a shock for him, like bro, like, you you can sing and you play ball. So like, let me, Yeah,
2: so let, let me ask you this, bro, because you seem like a very talented young individual, right? Uh-huh. So, when you said that um, you weren't really hitting the goals that you had for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And that led you to your depression, like, did you overestimate the goals that you had for yourself? Or did you, like, did you have too many goals for yourself? Or, or like, did, did you have aspirations of being a singer? Did you have aspirations of being a ball player? Like, what was it?
1: I think, I think, Uh, I had too many goals. Too many goals, yeah. Um, Because I wanted to be, I wanted to be a music producer. I wanted to play the piano in church. I wanted to, you know, play the drums. I wanted to do all of those things. I wanted to sing on somebody's track. I wanted to uh, be a professional baseball player. And, you know, the reality is um, I got so, I got so caught up in my should've, could've statements that it started messing with my head. Yeah, um, and I, I've I've gotten so far away from the I should have done this or I could have done this, um, because that's what that's what that's what messed my head up.
2: Yeah. Uh, um, so I, I, I talked to a lot of guys who kind of were in that that same yeah. boat, right? And it's like if you if you would have came to me at your age, I was nowhere near where you were. Yeah. Right. So you would be the guy I would look up to and be like, okay, dang, I want to be like this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um I think we tend to forget because when we're surrounded by our peers and our peers are doing so well, we kind of forget where the people who we used to hang with are at now. Mm. You know what I mean? Because they're probably nowhere near where you are now.
1: Yeah. I mean, my my, my best friend, he's a pastor. Um, you know, and we grew up in that time frame where you know, the younger you were, the more powerful of a preacher. Yeah, you, you, I, I, you I, I been. was in there. I was you know 19.
2: As a, I had a church at 19. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and
1: my best friend was the same thing. Yeah. I don't I don't know, but, you know, we'll talk about his name after this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you know him. I'm pretty sure you do. But, I mean, you know, he, he got ordained as a minister at 16. Yeah. Um, And I was there for it and everybody was like, oh, Brandon, you're going to be next and all that other yeah. stuff. And,
2: that's what we talked about,
0: right? I'm Being just, pushed, pushed I'm there.
1: Just right? Like, brother, I.
0: But again, looking for direction when there is no yeah.
1: I'm, I'll, male figure in the house. I wasn't like. Don't get me wrong. I can encourage somebody, but if if you asking me to preach and 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 do all of that stuff in front of somebody, like, <clears throat> it's cool, it's cool, but I at at 16, 17 years old, I wasn't ready for it.
2: 'Cause that's somebody else's path. You know
1: what I'm saying? Like yeah. I like and I understood that at that time. Yeah. And you know, for me, I just I just wasn't ready for it. It wasn't me. You know what I'm saying? The the hooping and the hollering and all of that yeah, other I'm stuff. Not, I'm not with all that. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't <laughs> for me, that, like I it like for me when I did preach, and, and don't get me wrong, I did preach sometimes. Yeah. It was just a certain swag to what I had. Yeah. And you know what i'm saying uh, you know uh y- y- y'all y'all's friend from earlier he was t- he was talking about how um he said uh stop looking down i it wasn't a looking down for me yeah like i wrote some stuff down but it was my bullet points something that that i i talked to dante about when he went up for his first speech you know you see what i'm saying like yeah. I, we made i made bullet points and from those bullet points I was able to glance down at him and then go back to the yeah. whole entire paragraph that I was about to talk about. Yeah. I didn't yeah. need I didn't necessarily need it. And and so I've had and that was something that I learned from my best friend. My best friend, he he would write a whole entire sermon. Yeah. But now he's just he's just a bullet point type of guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and 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 I mean, those bullet, type, those bullet point type of people, they get you in, in and out of church in 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> huh? we, ain't at church, we ain't at church all day. <laughs> but when you got those people that want that to give you a paragraph per yeah. bullet, yeah. we in church for two hours. We out. We... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I want to get away. I, I want to go home, Bishop. <laughs> We got to watch <laughs> some football. <laughs> so got, yeah, grandma got food in the Crock-Pot. Grandma pie. got food Bro, in the Crock-Pot. I got to, I I to go to Hardee's, go pick up my chicken. Huh? Let's, let's stop playing. Yo, that was oh, hilarious, man. Man. Now, uh, I mean, Listen, I mean, then
0: what they say, I listen, I'm gonna say this one last thing, and I'm gonna let y'all go.
1: And there's four things after that. And it's never the last leave, thing they're gonna leave say Leave me alone.
2: Out of the pulpit,
0: preacher.
1: Leave, leave me alone. I'm hungry. <laughs> I've been here since seven o'clock service. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> Don't say that you got one more yeah. thing if it's not the one more thing. I'm oh a church God. kid. I grew up in church. Listen when bro, they when they oh say it gosh, and then they, they get
0: man. the wiping the brow the wipe and the uh-uh. brows, yeah. with the with the handkerchief. You Don't know, do listen, that to bro. me. You are not going home anytime
2: soon. Uh so, okay, they listen. start trying to play. They try, start trying to play them off with the music. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he
1: control that. He control. He control that because if because if the organ starts start playing <laughs> prior to him off <laughs> yeah. he gonna wave and them off. Wave off. <laughs> go ahead, you go back. Don't you get back on that organ until I call yeah. you over here? Yeah. yeah. yeah no. Stop. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> okay. Hey, look. Right, hey, look. Let me tell you something. I, I've I've been in church services, bro, where <laughs> the spirit has <laughs> the spirit <laughs> has has taken over, and brother, we've been there for about four hours,
2: bro. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so mm. so in in the eighties and nineties and early two thousand. Well, really eighties and nineties. To- yeah, uh, we would go to church from seven until. Seven, yeah, we'll be in church for 12 hours. So, so uh, Revi- revival is that's it, a medical bro. shift. It ain't, it ain't, <laughs> that's a medical shift,
1: it ain't, you know, it ain't, a medical hospital <laughs> in the world. Y'all bro. don't even go to the gym for 30 minutes and you want to be in call church em shouting, call them
3: out. It's all easy, call them out. It's all easy, call them out. Let me tell you something. Them
1: I, out. But, but see, when you're when you're when you grow up in that type of time frame, I think a lot of people get away from so me I' focused on the faith in a relationship yeah I don't focus on the church house mm. it's a business it's bro like it's at, at the it's end of the, at the yeah. end of the day bro, it's entertainment bro I take I take myself away from because I my, the reason why I didn't go to church before is because I got burned by church folk like church folk did not treat me the way that church folk were supposed to treat other people. So, you know what I'm saying? I had a child out of wedlock. And so they were just sitting here. Oh, uh, oh, this is what y'all generation do now, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, heard you. And then, you know, it was some family situations. And then when you grow up in a church, like my family did, everybody is in your business and in your family's business. And so I had people asking me about me and my sister. Well, my sister's divorce. Uh, go ask my sister. Cause if she if she wants to share that information with you, she's going to. Bro, so th- this this is a whole
2: another thing.
0: And yeah, I'm whole, this, Cause I'm cause i Yeah, that's a series I mean, on this. Where I want, yeah, I yeah, want yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. to. Tra- <laughs> transition. <laughs> yeah, let's transition. No, I want to transition because and, I, <laughs> and transition. I and that you know that again that yeah, is we that's a whole another two that's a whole another two hours. Yeah, that's a whole another transition because we've been talking for a while, BP, about you being a family man, you being a father. And you being a man who went to, to college and being multi talented as a singer and an athlete and how proud you are of the boys. I do want to speak about you being an entrepreneur. You are wearing your brand right now. Vanessa Lee. Yeah. Lamont also has the brand yeah. on. And
2: I mean the brand is, is fantastic,
0: man. But before you go into that.
2: I met I met him before. Um, and then just this past uh what is it, a week and a half ago. Wait, yeah. yeah. He had the he the sweater on. I'm like, bro, like, that thing look like designer, bro. Like, where you get that from? He's like, um, Yeah, bro, I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know it was his brand. Yeah. So Yeah, tell us about
0: the start of the brand, financially. Tell us about that.
1: So, uh, man, I was getting into the story earlier. Um I was actually sitting in my bunk in um in A school mm-hmm. and I was talking to my roommate. I said, "Bro, I I want to create clothes. Like I want to make clothes for other people." Um, but not
0: not just not just not just like cuz there are a lot of brands out here. People just say, "Oh, I'm going to have a clothing brand." Yeah. But, but you were thinking beyond that.
1: Yeah, so I was I mean, I was thinking very surfacely, well, like on the surface, very on the surface. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like I, my mind was racing. My mind was going. So I was laying in my bunk, and I was like, "Bro, I wanna, I wanna create a brand." And
0: these are military days.
1: Yeah, m- military days. Uh-huh. And I was in A school, so I went to. I, I was talking about it and all the other stuff, and I went to sleep, and I. I, I cannot make this up. I, I really can't. A lot of people, you know what I'm saying, sit here and, 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 and they, you know, they talk about their, they talk about their visions and their dreams, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. And some people don't believe them, but uh-huh. I, I, I really can't make this up. I went to sleep and I had a dream about a, 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 a rose melting with a crown on top of it. And that's all I dreamt about. Okay.
0: And there was a very vivid
1: it was a very, very vivid, vivid dream. dream. Okay. I, I can't, I can't, I can't make this up. So, you know, then I woke up the next morning and I'm like, Oh shoot. That's my logo.
2: Yeah. Mm. And
1: so from then, <clears throat> um, from then I had just been thinking about a name. I had been thinking about a name. And so that night before I went to sleep, I, I, I told to my roommate, I, I talked to my roommate and, um, uh, His name was uh, Ted Nafis, a white guy. And I was like, uh, good guy. Hey, Ted. Yeah, Ted. Good guy. He was a a great guy. He was a great guy. He was so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I looked at him. I said, man, the name of the brand is Finesse Elite. There you go. And he said, well, why is it called Finesse Elite? I said, I don't know. Let me get back to you on that. Yeah. And then that's when I started doing research on clothing brands and how clothing brands really function and all of that other stuff and blah, blah, blah. And so, um, then that's when I found my why in my business. Um, you know, Finesse Elite is, 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 is my brand and I, and you know, uh, I I love it now. Well, I love,
0: I love the name. I obviously, I love the what you have put into it because, when ideas actually become a product or a reality, uh-huh. it's like you've now manif- manifested. Absolutely. Yeah, you and manifested I, your
3: dream. I yeah. think
1: that uh, one of the things that, and again, this goes back to what the Bible talks about. And it says that, uh, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, boys will have dreams. Mm-hmm. Men when you are a man, you will start having visions. Well, yeah, yeah and like, and and think
0: about where you were when you had this vision. Like, I you s- are, you're in your bunk. I started having you're not, visions. You're not bro. laying like, in the bed with satin sheets. You're in yeah, your bunk, bro. you're talking to your bunk mate. It's like, man, I'm having this, yeah. this vision of what I think part of my future is meant to be. And I think a lot of men have these visions. But they have no action behind the vision. They they have the vision, they think about it, they they dream about it and they have all these aspirations, but there's no there's never action behind the aspiration and then the aspirations die. I mean faith without
1: works is dead, bro. Yeah, it's either it's either they don't know how to they don't know the action behind it or they don't know how to discern it. Mm, like okay. they'll they'll see it and they'll sit there and be like, Well, what was this about? Yeah. And so, you know what I'm saying, I, I learned discernment at a at a very young age. They think age. too much. You need yeah, to we we think too well, much
2: act. I think, you think too, too much act. I think too, man, like we don't have enough of us around each other to right. be able to like allow these visions to come to fruition, right? Right. And, so if you have something and I'm like, hey, bro, yeah, I, I could do that, you know what I mean? Or if you got yeah. something, I'd be like, hey, bro, I need this. You, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Now it, it starts to snowball and, and it's like, oh wow, like this thing is really coming to pass, just like the podcast, bro. Yeah, it's like, it, and true. and
1: and I mean, financially, it's just it's just one of those things, man. I, I've I've it's just an opportunity for myself to put that creativity from those multifaceted, multi talented. Uh, aspects of my life on something
0: yeah Well, the word elite is i think it's widely used today but
2: it is a very very particular word i, I mean, mean it's, it's a class above everything else it's above right.
1: everything else right so military uses the word elite you know what i'm saying uh-huh. uh your job you, you, elite status yeah. um when you swipe a credit card you might have elite status i mean elite is a is a word that Puts you far above everything else that's ordinary. But yeah.
0: and again, so because it is a word that does that, we cannot assign that to the average person. Absolutely. right? Correct. So yeah. an elite man is a man that should be wearing this brand. Absolutely. Right. And so an elite man could be man a man of man, man, many different things, like you are. It can be a father, a husband an entrepreneur, a business but, owner. It can be someone yeah. that's a blue-collar worker. But be, but be in the top, man, class, right? the top of your w- class, right? top of your class. Whatever
2: your peers are, be yeah. at the top where they're looking at you for advice, for guidance, yeah. for whatever and it is that they're going
0: Yeah, for. and, you know, the cameras are not going to show it, but Lamont, to your right and to my left, right here in oh, this yeah. corner, there is a, <laughs> a plaque that says Million Dollar Club. Yeah. Right? So. You have been one of the top salesmen. For your company for the last probably three or four years, right?
2: And I'm I'm not even a sales guy. You're not I'm even just, a sales I'm guy. Just a I want to be yeah. like that young. Right? Yeah. Yeah. When I grow up, you know. But again, <laughs> and that
0: and that word is deserving of elite. And so he deserves yeah. to wear that sweater with your yeah. brand. I think I
2: think I ended up top forty one in the country for the country. service tax.
0: Yeah. And and there are probably how many you would
2: estimate? Oh, man, I'm, we're talking. It's it's almost it's almost. Seven, it's almost a thousand uh, companies on the South Side and another nine hundred on the Peninsula. And those are companies, in
0: and, and so those that's just
2: in this small area. But if you're talking yeah. about on a national scale, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Right? There, ha- there has to be, I'm certain,
0: over a million actual yeah. actual yeah service tech guys, right? Yeah, probably. And so. you're you're number forty one, yeah, in the country, right?
1: And I mean, we we look at the word finesse, right? And finesse is a word that oftentimes get, takes a negative connotation. It, it gets misconstrued. Some, yeah. some people sit here and look at the word finesse and say, oh, well, somebody finessed me. And, and so a lot of people think that that's, that's a negative connotation. But if you look at it from another lens, it's, it's just the, the, the intricate detail. Yes. The subtlety and the structure in which you do something. Yeah. So if you're elite at that, Level of finesse, or if you're elite in that level of structure, if you're elite in that level of overcoming, yeah, that is what this brand is about. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I like finesse elite. Yeah, it sounds cool. It does. It really does. Like it, it, it rolls off the tongue. It's, it, it, it sounds yeah. cool, but the reality is, it's more so about you're overcoming something. Yeah, you're you're good at this, whether you're a subject matter expert or whether you're you're good at multiple different things. You have to display some type of finesse yeah. in doing that.
2: You know, when I, when you say the word finesse, I think of the Italian man who's actually stitching a, a, a well like yeah. well groomed suit. Right. Um. Or either some mm. shoes, or mm. a, a Hermes a a yeah, cobbler, a cobbler, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay, but but mm. there, there's a certain level of finesse mm. that you have to actually execute your skill with in order to be considered a top brand.
1: Absolutely,
3: so, mm. so, so somebody
2: like Hermes or mm, mm-hmm. Balenciaga, you know, mm-hmm. something and like so that. So that's right? the
1: thing, bro. Like when I was thinking about it, it was what do every every single person when you go to prom, when you go to a special dance or something like that, what do you put on your um, what do you put on your suit? A corsage. That's right. Normally it's yeah. a rose.
0: Yeah. Am I right? And then you give the your date,
2: you put it on her wrist. You see what I'm saying? Correct? Okay. So it's like... Uh, okay. I, I didn't experience prom. You know what I'm
3: saying? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's prom. I got kicked speak. out of school before that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so,
1: you know what I'm saying? The, the, the reality is, bro, we, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I thought about. A rose has finesse in itself because if nobody knows any other flower... They know a rose. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And a rose has finesse within itself, Yeah. because you have a pink rose, you have a white rose, you have a red rose, you have all of these. Uh, you have a black rose. Yeah. You have all of these different type of roses, but they display some type of finesse.
2: A rose by any other name.
1: Oof. Oh. Oh yeah. 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 But then. Yeah. But then you put a crown on top of it. Mm-hmm. That's the elite part. That's oh, the elite okay. part that's the elite part that's elite and so that's what that's what the original logo was about okay um and you know the 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 new logos still display that that certain type of thing i know a lot of people you know um parallel you know our fraternity and Mm -hmm. um a, a bunny um a uh, very often, and, yeah, and it, that's, it's, and it's yeah, that's it, it's all. I, know. I didn't know that all connected. We, that's, yeah, it's, it's okay. part of the fraternity. That's part of the reason. Yeah. However, if you look at what a rabbit does on a regular basis, procreates. They have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: just saying, bro.
1: It was a rabbit. They're like, bro, good, good bro. This is a fly rabbit, right? Here.
0: No, <laughs> no, but for real, yeah, he get on his. He get on. Hey, BB, no. I'm gonna stop right just real quick. And shout out to all the noobs out there. Shout out to noobs, man. Kappa Alpha Psi, yeah. you know we love you guys. Uh, particularly Alpha Phi chapter.
1: Particularly Alpha Phi, yeah. Long Live Spree fourteen. There Long we go. Live Ty, Keep going. Time. Keep going. All right. What else you got? But the, so so, you know, um, the, uh, uh, a rabbit has to live their life on finesse. You see what oh, I'm saying?
0: Oh, wow. Oh. A
1: rabbit literally survival. They, they survival.
0: Have to survive.
1: Wow. There has to be a certain level wow. of structure. Wow. Yeah.
0: Day in I'm and saying? day out. Yeah.
1: Every single Every day. Every single From day. From the time they climb out of that hole in the ground to the time that they go back in that same hole, they have to live their life with some type of finesse. When a human comes outside, they see the human, they're going to sit there and still eat they going they're gonna sit there they're gonna still eat they're gonna do their thing blah blah yeah. blah you get too close guess what we're gonna do they go. I'm out of here <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here but do you but do you know the reason why bunnies have are, are so quick when they try to they're when they're trying to get away from a predator or a human whatever their hind legs mm. they have to they're mm. built for Finesse, dumper. Mm. You see what I'm saying?
2: Dumper from Bambi,
1: right? Yeah. yeah, there you yeah go. So at the yeah. end of the at <laughs> yeah, the end of yeah. the day, bro, it's I I, I yeah. know a lot of people look at it and say, oh, he did that because of his fraternity. Everything I do is for a reason. Every, it has meaning. Every it is the every ta- greatest
0: fraternity known to mankind. Yes. And let's Absolutely. go ahead and say that. And we have plenty of friends in other fraternities. Absolutely. And we still love them. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, it's the fact of the matter. It's
3: the fact of the that matter. <laughs> that's all I can that tell I mean, you. I, that's every, all I can tell you.
1: Every tattoo that I have um, has a meaning.
3: Mm.
1: Um, everything that I do has a meaning. And so that's, that's why I, I can give a reason why I, I, I do everything that I do.
2: But I, I think that's a mark of a man too, right? Cause you Ooh. cannot, you cannot go through life as a man and do things without, without meaning, meaning because there's no value added to it. And you that know? goes
1: back to that being grateful. Yeah. That goes back to finding your reason. And that yeah. goes back to finding your why. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, again, I, I can't say it enough. We have to get away from what social media says a real man is. It's all distraction. It's a distraction yeah, because right. you, you you got so many people out here saying that you need to make six figures coming out of college. Is that realistic or unrealistic? Right. Extremely unrealistic.
2: A very
0: yeah. unrealistic. Game. And so,
1: and then after that, it's saying that you need to have a wife within two to three years mm. of graduating college or what once you're established, extremely unrealistic. Because you're going gonna to go through a couple of things before you- well, I would tell men, especially young men, <laughs> yeah, I would tell, you, you know, gonna go. Hey, it, look, whether, whether whether I, you I take would, the, whether you take the things as whatever you want to <laughs> take it. Yeah, what, you yeah. gonna you gonna go through a couple things before
0: whatever that now means. Yeah, me. whatever whatever that means to you, you go ahead and take for what you mean. But what I would tell young men, especially, is to not look directly at at social media and more so. Get around some other men that are doing Correct, things yeah. that yeah. are that are positive, that are doing things that you actually admire as a young man mm. and that are going to influence you, right? Like that yeah. direct contact with those kind of men means so much more than social media. So that's, I think that's so important. and
3: It's,
1: bro, so, bro, it's, it's so, so key. It's, it's so
0: key. Because,
1: man. I mean, if I would have... Imagine if we would have cultivated all of these things when we were in school.
0: I know, I you know, it <laughs> just think about where where we would be
1: because we talked about the other the uh, last week on J5 we talked about we talked about uh last week on J5 we talked about uh What's J5? Uh,
0: That's our our, our founder founder's day. day. Oh, okay so, okay, okay. so,
1: we talked about how imagine if in 2010, oh, well, 2012, we were talking about mm-hmm. If we would have we would have invested in Bitcoin, yeah, how well off we would be, yeah. And so now, because we are more aware and we have more we have more ability, to Get more exposure to stuff, more yeah. exposure to mm-hmm. the the hindsight. Mm-hmm. It's like now we just like. All right, well let's 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 talk about it. Like what y'all invested in? Like Yeah. What it, what are you doing? Like what where did you buy a house or what where did you You know what I'm saying? Like we're we're talking about all of those things now. So it's like mm-hmm. you know, in hindsight, of course it's 2020. Yeah. We 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 could have talked about all of these things, but to be quite honest, some of us didn't like each other. That's you very know true. what I'm that's, saying? That's, that's Back also then. Very true. Yeah. But that's, that's, I think too, true. man.
2: It, so you don't want to be that that Bitcoin guy that was nobody before and now you got you know, forty five million dollars and you're still nobody with forty five million dollars, right? Yeah. But you know, there's certain things that I don't you know, know man, that, money, that money sounds good. Yeah, I mean I, 40, can, 40, I 40, can still be nobody. 40,
1: 40, I could be I, I could be I, can be, I can be nobody with forty five million. Nobody. But what I'm
2: saying is like it, it, it doesn't change who you are. So the money itself does not change yeah. who you are as a person. It, so well,
0: listen, you you can you can purchase A new body you yeah. can purchase a vehicle at home but you can't purchase character. Because Oof. like
2: because yeah. if you, if you guys remember back to the financial crisis back in like the early 2000s, right? Multimillionaires were killing themselves in groves because mm-hmm. of, you know, the real estate drop that happened. Yeah. So it's like money doesn't make you who you are. And I don't care how much money you have. If if you're in the same room as me and you know who I am as an individual, you're going to recognize my value. I don't care if you have a hundred X more than what I have. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So, um, you know, when it comes down to it, money is just money. Right. And, yeah. um, I was fortunate enough to see both sides. Like my father was extremely poor. Like, I mean, to the point where I'm almost eating cat food. Cause we can't even afford noodles. He ain't even, he didn't get paid yet. So mm. we ain't got no change. We can scrape up from the couch to go to the corner store and get noodles. But we know that the, the neighbor got cat food, so We'll be going to the neighbor's house yeah. to my mom marrying a guy who's a multimillionaire and I'm seeing how he lives and how she lives and how, you know, she's in a, uh, she's in the same, uh, Dan Reeves, the coach for the Redskins at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Lived in the same neighborhood with him, with a few other NFL players in Leesburg, Virginia. And she's saying, well, the house is not big enough. And it's just her, my little brother and him. And they're in almost a 14,000 square foot house. And she says, it's not big enough. What do you mean it's not big enough? You know what I mean? So I've seen both sides of it to where the money does not fulfill you, mm. right? The money doesn't carry you. Your character will fulfill you. Your character will carry you. Because if if you're a, if you're, this is what Tate says. If you're a nerd before the $45 million, you're just a nerd with $45 million. <laughs> bro,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talk about that nerd stuff, bro. I was into. I was into Marvel comics. No, that's not. No, oh, that's not yeah, the
0: nerd. I'm talking yeah, about no. the pocket square nerd I, I, that I nobody get you, can get. Yeah, I We we were all nerds to an yeah. extent. Well, hold
1: so. on. So I was a different type of nerd. Like I had okay. the comics. I, I bought the I'm comics. On the no, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's a big, the same he's level a big comic book I, guy. I, I I bought that stuff to school with me. And that's so, cool, man, bro. Now now everybody into Marvel because they done made movies about it. Yeah, yeah. Heard you. I I got you. But but at the end of the day, I got the context.
2: I was pissed at those movies because they weren't true to the comics the, at all. It was true. it was only
1: like two or three movies or that three. was close yeah. to yeah. the to like which
2: which ones in your opinion? I
1: the original Iron Man.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Original Iron Man. Are we going if we're going newer, Venom. Was which, cl- that was that was true to the comic? Really, was it? Cl- it was the closest. Okay. I'm asking. I want to. I, I want to really say it's the closest. I don't know because I, I don't know because
2: I'm absolutely. used to the Eddie Brock photographer that was still.
1: Well, Spider Man three didn't. Spider Man three, yeah, Spider Man did three Brock. didn't even do didn't even do Eddie Brock right.
2: They did, they did. Uh, so, well, he was not who, who did Flash? Who did flash Thompson? 3. You said what? Because I know one Spider Man introduced Flash Thompson as a as a character. I think it was in the No I, Way I, Home. Flash, Flash, Flash Flash Thompson. The, I, I think they ended up making No Way Andy Home. No, did, way yeah. no Way Home. No Way Home. No Way Home. But you know, like I'm a huge X men guy. I'm a huge uh, Spider Man guy. Wolverine was my all time favorite. They I collected. didn't get X men right. From bro, I hated X
0: Men because of that.
1: Fox Fox did not get X Men right. Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Well,
1: we about to go to ten. We Yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> what I
0: what I will say is right because you, you're right Marvel is is more of like a you know a buzz topic now. Yeah. And you guys both collected comics. I never did that, yeah. but two of my friends I think are actually three of my friends maybe are really really good. Mo knows a lot about comics Hashim Absolutely. does Cam our line brother Cam like knows A lot about the actual Marvel Universe so I Learned a whole lot from him too so shout out to To our line brother Kevin Bro, Sheldon. We gotta have like an Avengers panel Shout out to Mo by and shout out to Hashim A lot of they know people don't lot. even know
1: what the original name Of comics uh, Marvel comics was
0: Listen let's talk about this off the record <laughs> yeah. Off the record, <laughs> we'll, 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 record. We'll, is, do that. we'll do this that This is great <laughs> Uh, yes. BP, listen, bro, thank you so much for stopping through here. This has been a fantastic, most enlightening, definitely. therapeutic conversation. You have spoken about being a father to two beautiful young children. You've spoken about being a husband to a wife who supported you and helped you through your anxiety and depression. You've spoken about being a man of capital facade. You've spoken about being an entrepreneur. And you've spoken about, most importantly, being a man that has overcome a lot of things that black men succumb to. Yeah, neighborhood influence, lack of a black father. Yeah, and you are a shining example of what it means to succeed beyond these things that are 100%. meant to keep you. Yeah, like you know, in this, Shackle, in right? this, in this yeah. shackles, right? In this, in these shackles, right? Of right. of failure and darkness, negativity. You sit here as a man who experienced depression, anxiety, who chose to live in it for about a year and then decided, I'm going to now overcome this, and I'm going to fight back. You fought back as a man, and I would encourage all men out here, men and women who are experiencing depression, anxiety, whatever it may be, whatever it may be that's hindering you, you have got to fight back. You fought back, Lamont. You fought back, and I've never never been depressed, but I had to overcome certain things in my life, too. We have all we're overcomers here, right? Right. So this is therapy on record. This is born moguls. This is another episode. This is promoted, sponsored by Finessa Elite, the brand. Big thanks. Right here, right here, and shout out to my brother too for bringing us some merchandise to the show. Right, we get the born moguls going, and thank you again, bro, for being here. I love you, and I look forward to the next episode where we bring you back on. A lot more to talk about, a lot more to unpack, and a lot more therapy to put on wax. Yes, sir. Until next time, boys. Yeah. Born moguls. Born moguls. We We out of here. Finesse Elite. Gone. We gone. Hey, that was good, man.